We're back. We're back. Losing sucks. Episode 32. We've got some week 10 stuff to talk about. Some pain, some love, all around good stuff. I am, as usual, your host, Dustin Blanton, along with my trusty co-host, Travis Masterson. Make sure you follow us over on the Bluebird app, at Losing Sucks. Twitter, for you people who aren't familiar with the interwebs. We are here. We uh, we took a we took the the first half of the week off. We uh, we caught our breath. Took a bye week. Yeah, we uh, yeah, we took a bye week. As did pretty much the entire fantasy slate in week nine. God, that was that awful. Was, it was it was really rough. Uh, we apologize for the delay. Um, my sleep schedule does not apologize. Um, it was not football, baby. No. It was not football. That was an ugly, ugly week. I'd rather just pretend it never happened. This is a brand new week, okay? You know what? The things the things that, that my ex week did to me, we can just move on because now I've got this new week. <laughs> me and this new week are kind of off to a nice start. We've kind of got some things in common, some interests that we wanna we kinda wanna explore. And you know what? Uh, I just want to see where this one goes. This is fun. This is this is a uh, this is that new love that I've got for this new week. I like it. It's week ten. We are already underway. The same amount of points that Baltimore scored. They just got beat by the Miami Dolphins on Thursday night. This is episode thirty-two. The OJ Simpson of episodes. No. <laughs> we started the week off with a bang. If you were playing against Miles Gaskin or Rashad Bateman or Hollywood Brown, you'd take a deep breath because neither of them, none of, actually nobody in this game um, was particularly productive. I think Lamar ended up with about 15 or 16 fantasy points. So outside of that, nothing was even salvageable. Nobody had 100 yards on the ground, through the air, nothing. Uh, Mark Andrews, actually, 6 for 63 and a score is the highlight of the night. Because I don't think many people played Albert Wilson, no. but nonetheless, Miami gets it done at home. the The crowd was loving it. They did not play like a two and seventeen. They played yeah. like they had everything to lose, and you love to see that. Uh, Brian Flores, for sure. You know what? For. I I respect Brian Flores as a coach, as a fantasy coach. I I I mean, he hasn't really given you a bunch of weapons. Miles Gaskin's kind of been hit or miss this year. To uh, you never you don't know who likes him in that organization, who doesn't. But uh, kudos to them for pulling off this win. This was not a a game where you looked and I'm like, man, you know, before the game you thought the Ravens were just gonna run away with this team or run away with this game because the Dolphins are, well, they're the Dolphins. They're two and seven. They're underperforming. They're you know a terrible defense, and then they bottled up the Ravens pretty much all game. Uh, the the few you know good drives that they had were late in the fourth quarter. So, um, way to go, Dolphins! Turnovers all over the place. I I don't know if this one necessarily counts as a fun game to watch, but you know, uh, it happened. Yeah, I would say no. I would say it was not. I actually accidentally left the Miami defense in from last week versus Houston, and seeing that at kickoff after it was locked in, I thought, oh no, I've already lost a huge advantage this week that I had going into the matchup. But Miami defense pulls out a a 19-point week. You love to get lucky like that. 
Let's roll into some segments here. Let's start off some should they stay or should they go. We've got some players that we want to talk about. And you know what? The name kind of speaks for itself, but we're going to talk about whether or not these guys should be grabbing a one-way ticket off your roster or if they should go ahead and extend that stay at the the Hilton uh, and get cozy. So first guy we're going to talk about, he seems like he's kind of a mainstay on this show because he's always we want him to be valuable, and now that the trade deadline's passed, you know where he's staying. Brandon Cooks, um... We'll start it off with him. Is he staying on your roster? Are you trying to move him ahead of the fantasy trade deadline? What are your thoughts? Positive, negatives. Let's go and work through this guy because you need answers right now as we get towards the fantasy playoffs. All right, so Brandon Cooks, I think the negative, obviously the Texans stink. They are yeah, they're pretty bad. Brutal to watch, brutal to root for. And if you have any piece of that offense, it is pretty much only Brandon Cooks. And it's not been consistent, but you can do a lot worse volume-wise. He's currently wide receiver 22. He's number 10 in the league in targets through nine weeks. It's hard to find guys like that. So, yeah, I I don't – because he plays for the Texans and because he hasn't had a killer year – or any huge weeks recently, I don't think you're going to get equal value back. So I think he's a stay. I think you can play him as a pretty safe wide receiver three just based on volume alone. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I don't know what you're going to be able to get for him. I doubt you're going to get a player who's getting the volume that he's getting. So I'm, I'm with you. I think, you know, keep him. Um, at, at the very least, he's got that touchdown upside um, with to go with the volume. He's... He's low ceiling safe, you know. So, and once you get towards the end of the year, when possibly some injuries start to pile up, you look for those guys. This next guy, yeah, there's he's he he falls in the same category as Hunter Renfro, who's a guy we'll talk about a little bit later. I, I I view them pretty similarly, but maybe a little bit better than Renfro. But I think he's a safe, just peppered with All targets right. kind of guy. I like it. Um, this next guy, Mike Williams, an enigma for me. Uh, I had a feeling that this was going to be the case with him this year. Uh, the first half of the season just kind of, I don't know it, we were all excited about that, that start to the season, especially, you know, he had the, the couple games, double digit targets. He had a game with 16 targets and now the four of the last five games, he's been under seven points. Yikes. And his bye week's already gone. So you know, at least that's a positive for him. You know that you're not going to be, you know, totally without him. Anything, anytime he puts up low numbers, you know that's just because he had a bad game. Now, yeah, I mean, are we are we going to keep him in the top twenty? I guess is he going to be able to stay? You know, forget wide receiver one locked in. I think we can all agree at that this point he's not going to just stay at that top at uh, echelon. Do you think top 20 is a a good area to keep him in for the rest of the season? You'll be hard-pressed to find um, better wide receiver twos, but I think you're right. I don't think he's a top 12 rest of the season, but I don't think he's a wide receiver three. I think he's a pretty safe around 20. I don't mind at, here at the trade deadline um, over the next couple weeks seeing if somebody's still crazy high on him 
kick the tires around, see maybe somebody wants Mike Williams more than they should. But if you get stuck holding on to him, I think that's fine. I, w- I definitely am not selling him cheap um, by any means. Yeah, I don't – for me, it's – I don't know – like you said, you kind of put the caveat on it on, you know, if you can find someone who is still really high. I don't know if those people exist right now. I mean, now you're talking about like a month worth of football that they've seen now. If they, If you know your stuff in fantasy, you know this guy isn't – He's not. I mean, heck, he hasn't seen anything more than five targets in in the last three games. Um, you know, the bye week com- comes and gone or comes and goes. I mean, you're talking. It's been a month now since you've seen anything over five targets, and he, it's like it's mirror after mirror after mirror images it's, for the last three games. Travis has been five targets, two receptions, and you're hoping for that deep pass. It's kind of like now we're seeing this. Uh, regression back to old school Mike Williams where it's just deep passes and if they hit they hit if not then you're kind of left holding the bag um no touchdowns either he hasn't had a touchdown since week five I don't know man I I don't think I think the time to to trade him has is come and gone I think you're kind of just it's not like his opponents coming up he's got a, a a favorable matchup with Minnesota coming up this week and then it's Pittsburgh and Denver so not exactly Super easy defenses to go up against. Let me let me give you two guys to compare him to. See who would you prefer? Okay, Adam Thielen. Oh yeah, Thielen for sure. Okay, because uh, they're right next to each other in the ranks. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'll give you three. So these three are all right in the same group. Okay, Thielen, you'll take over Mike Williams. DJ Moore, I'd take Mike Williams. Okay, I would too. And then the last one, Brandon uh, Robert Woods, given the news. Of Odell Beckham. That one's good. I think I'd still lean. I think I've got Mike Williams a a good amount ahead of my rankings right now. Oh, really? Over Woods? Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, Woods is is currently wide receiver 12. Yeah. And and don't get me wrong. Like, it's rest of season ranks. Um, I I had to make some adjustments with OBJ coming in. I do think that's going to cut in less into Cooper Cup's role and more into OBJ's role. I or uh, Robert Woods role. I think Woods role, yeah. they're very similar players. I think OBJ can do a lot of what Robert Woods does. Um, I think maybe for the next three weeks, Robert Woods is safe. But it's it's really unfortunate because for me, it's Robert Woods becomes valuable, like you know he has been the last few weeks. And then we're gonna approach the, the fantasy playoffs, and then you're gonna see that role diminish. I don't think he's going to be. I think right now, if it if there's any possibility that you can sell to someone on what Robert Woods has been doing, if you can take that point you just gave that he's a wide receiver twelve, sell on that because okay, I I I think I think it's going to be heading towards a um kind of like a Tampa Bay situation where you've got these okay weeks for him, but I think his ceiling is going to be capped once you kind of get close to that um, fantasy playoff time when OBJ has had time to acclimate to the offense. Right. Okay. So we are. We're hold Mike Williams unless you get a really good deal. And yeah, or package him. Number three, Josh Jacobs, who mm-hmm. right now is RB20, 13.3 points per game and a half PPR. He's already had his bye week. He's inside the top 25 in rush attempts per game, which that's that's a given with him. Right. Where are you generally on Josh Jacobs? And then I'll kind of do the same exercise and ask you about three guys that I think are comparable. He is, to me, he's a middle of the pack running back two with um upside still um like you said he's got that volume 
you can always get a touchdown. I am not crazy with kind of the utilization of Kenyon Drake lately. I think that the way that they've been utilizing him, especially in high um, high leverage, high um, value situations, I think it's taking away from Josh Jacobs' upside. It's kind of like Josh Jacobs used to – the narrative around Josh Jacobs was he's productive when – um, Las Vegas is winning. You know, when he's winning, when they're winning, right. he's getting all Game that volume. Script exactly. Yeah. Well, now when even when they're winning, Kenyon Drake is getting some scoring opportunities. And now, I'm not out on Josh Jacobs, but you kind of have to check those expectations at the door and tell yourself, okay, Josh Jacobs, he is my starter. He's an okay running back too. You know, being your running back too when you need him. Um. But at any moment, so you're hoping for ten to fifteen. You're hoping for that thirteen points per game. I'm hoping for yeah. And if you get that, you're satisfied with it. Well, yeah, because the nice thing about Las Vegas this year is that they're good. You know, they've they've actually been productive. Their defense has been stout, and that keeps them in games and neutral to positive game scripts, so they can run the ball. So I like Josh Jacobs. Um, I'm with you. So for me, I'm okay. I'm okay keeping him in that RB two range. Yeah, I don't think that when you if you were to trade him, you would get somebody better. So I think he's a hold. But let me give you three guys, kind of like we did with Robert Woods. Um, Josh Jacobs or Elijah Mitchell, given that Jeff Wilson should be back into the mix here starting this week. You know, I'm not as high on Jeff Wilson right now in this moment, given the the current structure of that offense. Um, I still like Elijah Mitchell currently. Um, okay. I, yep, I'm with you there. Um, Jacobs or <clears throat> Michael Carter? I'm going to go with Josh Jacobs there. Interesting. I think in a half PPR, I'm going to take Carter in that one. Um, you know, because he has that role to himself. Well, I guess Ty Johnson gets Ty some, Johnson gets, some, but I Coleman feel like gets some. I, I feel like Michael Carter is a guaranteed fifteen touches, with three or four of those being catches. If you give him nine or ten carries and four, yeah, or five catches, I guess you know what. Depending on the league, he's I think pretty safe. League, absolutely, I would. I just can't even say absolutely because, um, it's the Jets. And you know what? We as much as I like Michael Carter, we did just kind of see them go away from him in this previous game. So um, I just feel like he's I, a little bit more uh, safe as far as game script. He's not going to get game script. I'll tell out. you. I'll tell you what I'll say about Michael Carter and Josh Jacobs. I still take Josh Jacobs over Michael Carter because we're going to get Zach Wilson back, and I think a lot of those targets that we've been seeing going to Michael Carter. That's a great point. Um, I want. I want to see Zach Wilson take on that mindset because it was Mike White coming in and uh, Josh Johnson checking down these veteran moves, these guys that have been established. Because um, Mike White's been around for four years, um, you know he he knows the NFL. So I, I'm okay taking Josh Jacobs still, but Michael Carter, I need to see that that relationship with Zach Wilson moving forward. Right. So we'll see. For right now, I'm going to stick with Josh Jacobs though. Okay. And then the last one, Josh Jacobs or Melvin Gordon. That's tough because <laughs> I feel like they're the same player. Yeah, it, but Melvin actually it, gets some passing work because Melvin, <laughs> Melvin has been not efficient um, a lot of the time. He has these burst plays. We know where he'll go. You know, like eight for eighteen, and then he'll have one play of like twenty-four yards and a touchdown, and it saves his day. So RB fourteen. Yeah, so far it goes. I, it goes. Twelve is Swift. 
Nick Chubb, 13. Melvin Gordon, 14. Leonard Fournette, 15. Who would have thunk it? Here's what I'll say. I'm going to go Josh Jacobs still. All, mostly because I feel like Denver's going to fall out of favor. Uh, and then I, st- I still think Javante is going to take over that backfield probably within the next month. And he's going to run. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see it go from this 50-50 split that we're seeing. I think it's going to approach more of a 65-35. Once we get towards that end of the season, they're going to let the the young guy run. Okay. That's just my feelings um, on it. I think that Javante is going to have a nice run um, once we get closer to the fancy playoffs. All right. That's what we got, man. There is also some um, some bigger news, like we've kind of touched on a little bit, Odell, heading over to the – Rams look at this point I'm not huge on Odell I'm sorry he going to Matt Stafford yes it is an upgrade absolutely but you're kind of like you're trading one thing one good thing air quotes for another Odell was supposed to be the number one well guess what it didn't work out in Cleveland so now he's going to be what the number maybe two and a half here um in I think so too I think he's going to be enough just to. I really think he's going to be the third. Sure, Robert Woods. They that that is a well-oiled machine. They're not going to just blow it up. But I think he's going to do enough to make Robert Woods frustrating. I don't think he does enough to change Cooper Cup's relationship with Matt Stafford at all. Um, he's going to eat into Higby. He's going to eat into Van Jefferson. He's going to eat. And I think it's going to kill Van Jefferson. Je- Van Jefferson's dead. Um, yeah. Absolutely. With that being said. Um, like I said, just frustrating with Robert Woods now. So le- take it or leave it. Um, Nick Chubb on the COVID list. This was a surprise. So it's the Dearness Johnson show in, in Cleveland. This is, I, I've been hearing a lot of things. Nick Chubb's vaccinated. So he does only need two negative tests, but the likelihood that that happens so quick, um, it's not looking good. doesn't look like he's going to play as of now. Um, Chase Edmonds, week to week, he's got a high ankle sprain. I really have some thoughts on this one. Chase Edmonds, look, if you guys have a chance to go pick up Eno Benjamin, go do it now. Um, the dude was is just a – I liked him coming out of college. Unfortunately, he has had zero opportunity. Um, but I like him as a, as a short – Do you think he gets it? you think he gets it, though? Or do they just feed Connor? No. Uh, they're not going to feed Connor. Feed Connor – He's going to get more work, yes, but I don't think – what I'll say is Eno Benjamin is going to have enough work to be relevant in a, in a PPR, okay. half PPR league. He reminds me – and um, he reminds me of like – well, honestly, like J.D. McKissick. Um, like he ha- he can have that kind of role, and he's not like a tiny back. He's like 200 pounds. So right. I, I, I like Eno Benjamin. I think he's going to be fine. Um, so fire him up. Uh, another potential development as well on one of the top offenses in the league, Godwin, Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown both have the potential for missing this week's game with the Washington football team. So fire up your Mike Evans, fire up your Tyler Johnsons. And that, I mean, look, it's a Tom Brady led offense, so I'm not super worried about it, but that raises some questions and some other guys are going to have to step up. We'll speak on Tyler Johnson a little bit later in the show. I think that's a good call. I have a little, not not a, a part two of a TED Talk, but just an update on trade strategies that I like to discuss. 
as somebody who trades more than anybody I've ever met. <laughs> so I've got two main points for this week, and I will run through both of them. If you're three and six, you need players who have already had their buy. It is very important to you to basically win out. Maybe you drop one more game the rest of the way, but that's all you can afford. So if your best players still have their bye week to come, you need to be looking at moving laterally. And what that means is somebody of equal value at the same position that has already had their bye week that you think is a fair trade. That's what you need to be doing. I think you have to be okay moving one of your superstars even scared money doesn't make money and you see Dustin you've seen in our home leagues I have no problem moving absolute studs whether it's Dalvin Cook or somebody of that caliber I will do it at the right time because of what the situation in the league is for that team at mm. that time we're at the point in the season where you can't have a do not trade list other than maybe a McCaffrey or Josh Allen somebody that's your absolute cornerstone but yeah. You got to step back and say, how do I basically win out? And that's going to be getting guys that have already had their bye week. On the other side, if you are on the buying side, if you are six and three or five and four and you're looking down the line and you think I'm pretty safe to make the playoffs, go grab these superstars. Give up two or three of your guys, even if it costs you a week down the uh, down the road. I think some examples of guys I would be chasing right now are Aaron Jones and Austin Eckler. Both of these guys are single digits in two of the last three weeks. And and Jamar Chase, too. He's had less than 12 points in three of the last four games. I don't think that continues. But if, if the team that has Eckler, Aaron Jones, Jamar Chase, if for whatever reason they are the two in, what is it, two in seven now, two in seven or three in six, um, go chase those guys that are on bye week or still have their bye week. You can afford it. The other guy can't. So take advantage of that. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm going to that though. That, that when I saw this, this kind of raised some questions with me because I know you might run into it. And especially in our league, you got some hard headed people who don't really want to trade getting into the mindset that they have to do what's best for the team. It's hard to convince someone who looks at this name, who looks at this player and is, you know, they are producing, they've seen those numbers that were three, four, five weeks ago. And they're like, but they could do this any week. You, it's hard to paint that picture because painting the picture is huge, especially when you're trying to convince someone to give up some, an important asset to them when they're already trying yeah. to win. Um, who are some players though, that, I mean, you might be able to trade because you're talking about you're probably having to give up a lower end running back, like a lower end wide running back one, you know? So like if you've got, you know, a DeAndre Swift, you know, maybe you've gotten Antonio Gibson, you know, I bring those two names up. Ironically, I, they, I, they are <laughs> the running backs I have on my team, but you, I don't necessarily know that Gibson has any value right now. But I'm trying to think of other running backs. If you have a Josh Jacobs and you've got a DeAndre Swift, or you've got, um, I you know can't even think of anyone else on the top of my head right now. Um, if you got like a Josh Jacobs and a, a higher end running back, would you trade one of them, like an Elijah Mitchell and a Josh Jacobs? Would you trade both of them to get an Aaron Jones? Would you trade both of them to to get an Austin Eckler? I would if you can afford it. If you if you have that third back that you think is okay as a second back, but he keeps having to ride in your flex. If you can upgrade to get that 
elite, elite level player, I think it's worth it. Yeah. Um, I put my money where my mouth is. While you were talking two sure. minutes ago, a trade happened in one of our leagues on Sleeper. Mm. Leaving my team right now is Patrick Mahomes. Oh, my. For Austin Eckler. Welcome, Austin Eckler, to the team. Whoa. One for one. This is a league where we wow. shrink a spot, a roster spot, this every week. Is... So the value of of absolute studs is going to become imperative if you want to win this championship. I have Jalen Hurts on the bench, and yeah, it's a it's I think a fun league. That's a good move for me. That will leave me with Hurts as the starter to go with McCaffrey, I, Eckler, I like Cooper that. Cup, Zeke, and Darren Waller. It's pretty filthy. I really hate that you traded him to I hate that you traded Patrick Mahomes to the guy that I'm playing. Oh no. (laughs) Are you playing? Not a fan of that. Not a fan of that. Not a fan. At least you won't have to, uh, at least you won't have to play against Austin Eckler. Right. Anyway, uh, yeah, go out and grab one of these guys. If you can, don't be afraid to tie in. Maybe send him a Mike Williams, you know, running back, Josh Jacobs and a Mike Williams. Quick little debate here before pick uh, big picks of the week. We have a little note on the show sheet. It's very small, probably the smallest font on the sheet. Okay. By design, because it's not that big of a deal, but it's big mm. enough to talk about. Hunter Renfro yep. versus Rashad Bateman, rest of season. I put out two polls, not in a manipulative way, but I put out two polls on Twitter. <laughs> right. Thank you for thank you for specifying. I put out two non-manipulative polls. <laughs> the first poll was if you had to have 12 points from one player on Monday night and he's the only guy left, would you prefer to have Hunter Renfro or Rashad Bateman? And the majority of voters, I believe over 65% said Hunter Renfro, and I tend to agree with them as did you. Yeah. Um, that's tough because I, I love, I love obviously Rashad Bateman. I love his potential. I am not blind to the fact that he is a rookie on a, let's call it a historically low volume pass offense, which this season's kind of been turned around and changed the narrative for that offense. Hunter Renfro though, God, I, the dude is just rock solid and he does not looking at him. He's not, he's like the anti DK Metcalf. You know, he's he's tiny. <laughs> he's the Rodrigo Blankenship yeah, of, of wide receivers. <laughs> the dude's just tough and gritty, and he ro- reminds me so much of Wes Welker. Um, I love watching the dude play. I've been high on him ever since he came out of college. I knew he'd stick somewhere. He is your prototypical PPR machine. Um, yeah. So with that being said, if it's a PPR league at all, I'm going Hunter Renfro because on any given night, he can get you 60 and 8. Here's the thing, I, I have, I I think I've come across on Twitter as a Bateman hater. Yeah, and I don't know why you so, just loathe this man. And so the dude's today, just a child. every chance I have, uh, every chance I've had today in Twitter discussions, I have stated I do not dislike Bateman. It is not his fault. It is the situation. It is the preference of Lamar Jackson right now. And what he has been doing for so long is Andrews and Hollywood. Andrews and Hollywood. Right. So it's going to be hard to change that when both of those guys are healthy. Whereas Renfro, with Ruggs gone and Edwards not being anything like what we had hoped, 
He is a safety blanket. He's going to get tons of catches and be that 12 to 15 point guy. It's not an, it's not a Bateman thing. I don't dislike him. I just don't think right now in his situation, I would sure. prefer him to Hunter Renfro. I don't blame you. I really don't. Um, if it, Ren, Renfro's, like I said, well, he's one of my favorite guys. He's just fun to root for. Um, but I think just my own spin on it, I think that the narrative for Bateman's going to change. Still, I'm going to stick to my guns on that. I think it's going to start turning towards Bateman. You know what? I'm hopeful that he'll get into that consistent wide receiver too um, by the end of the year. That's probably the best case scenario for him this season. Um, right. I do think that that is where he's headed in this offense. And that and it is it is for Renfro too, though. I mean, wide receiver two is, is his ceiling. Yeah. Uh, but agree. his floor is also the exact same thing, whereas Bateman's floor could be two to three catches, whereas Renfro's going think, to have more than that. I think Renfro might even be safer, though. I think Renfro might – they get him involved every single week. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I, Renfro's ceiling and floor are both wide receiver too. You know what you're going to get, but you're not going to get a whole right. lot more. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. He's uh, he's definitely a stabilizer in your in your lineup when you need it. I, I know I use him in, in a league, um, in a big league, deep league, um, and he he just he gives me. I, if I know I need just production that week, Renfro's my guy. Good debate, right. man. Good debate. Big picks of the week time. The moment we all wait for each and every week here at Losing Sucks. All two of us. We've got <laughs> the you know, whole team. We, we've got the guys. Yeah, we've got the we've got guys we think are gonna go off this week. Um as usual, Travis, go ahead and hit me right off the bat with your quarterback big pick of the week. All right, I'm going with Carson Wentz. I think he outperforms his projection by at least five points. He has been over 20 points okay. in four of the last five games. This is the absolute healthiest the Colts have been in a long time, which is good to see for them. I wish Paris Campbell was part of it, unfortunately. But T.Y. Hilton is back. Everybody feels good. Um, the coaching staff just had – it was described as uh, incredibly high energy just to have everybody back in the building. So – when they've been doing what yeah. they've been doing without everybody, and now they get everybody back versus Jacksonville at home, and Wentz has thrown two-plus touchdowns in six straight weeks, I don't think that stops against the Jags. Big day coming for Carson Wentz and all his weapons. Yeah, as long as as long as Carson Wentz doesn't change his name to Josh Allen, I think <laughs> that he'll be good against the Jacksonville defense. Yeah. Awesome, man. Good pick. I like it. Uh, my quarterback pick of the week, big pick of the week, Derek Carr going up against division rival and kind of really struggling team right now, Kansas City Chiefs. Both games last year for Derek Carr, um, he threw for at least 275 yards and three touchdowns. The dude has been playing very, very well this year. This is a Raiders team that honestly just looks to be more in sync than the Chiefs right now. And... Look, we all know that the Chiefs can score points when they need to. But do we know that right now? Um, this is always a team that plays the Chiefs very hard, especially when they're playing at home. They really do. Here's my thing, man. I think the Raiders go in and win this game. I think the Raiders are going to win this game. I think Derek Carr is going to play well. That defense, look, it's not like we're three games into the season and we can make excuses. This defense has not stopped anyone They've shown me nothing 
to to think that they're going to go out and stop this Raiders team. They can't stop the run. They they stopped Jordan Love. Yeah, I well, you know what? You know who else stopped Jordan Love? <laughs> Jordan Love. Uh, I I was watching that game. I saw it firsthand. Like, that had nothing to do with Kansas City. I'm like, if Aaron Rodgers <laughs> plays in this game, Green Bay wins by three touchdowns. Like, it's it's not. Yeah, they would have been a blowout. You're right. This team is not good. I I I don't think it's absolutely uh, lunacy to say that the Chiefs might not make the playoffs, dude. Like, almost like it it would be okay if you sold Mahomes for a top three running back. Pain people today's big big Sometimes of the week balls to get it done brought to you by pain <laughs> um but Derek Carr, he's my big pick of the week i think he has another nice game few touchdowns he's gonna they're gonna be in the red zone quite often move the ball long extended drives we like that for the points fire it up Derek Carr, big pick get it done son who's your running back he's a genuinely good dude also yeah. every video i see of him i'm like i really like him i like listening to his voice too honestly i think Derek carr could put out a country album and i would listen to it <laughs> he's just so genuine in what he does man for sure all right my running back dearness johnson this is assuming that nick chubb does not go which i really hope he does not i'm sorry to all the chubb owners out there i am playing against him in over half of my league somehow same <laughs> Dearness Johnson, when he was the featured back with no split, he absolutely ate in week seven against a good Denver defense for 23.8 fantasy points, 146 on the ground and a touchdown. Cleveland is number five in the NFL in rush attempts per game. We know that this is their identity. When they stray away from this is when they get in trouble. So I don't think it matters who they're playing. Yes, New England is good. New England knows how to stop the run, but I think... Cleveland really, really knows how to run the ball. And because it's their identity, they're not going to start to do something else, um, as we saw in Week 7. So I am kind of expecting a low-scoring, grinded-out, run-heavy game on both sides. And we're hoping that Damian Harris is healthy and Stevenson is healthy. So I think it's going to be like one of those 20-13 to or 17-10 type games. Yeah, I like it. Um, he looked good in his, uh, his previous action as a lead back. So let's, uh, let's sprinkle some more Dearness magic on that game and fire him up, put him in your lineups. Let's, let's see those lineups and, uh, send, send them to us on Twitter. We like to see those. Um, my running back, big pick of the week, uncle Lenny, fire him up. Just plug him into your lineup. This dude, this dude right here. Um, especially on a Tampa offense who's missing weapons. We, we talked about it earlier. Chris Godwin, probable to miss the game. Antonio Brown, not looking great to play either. He hasn't practiced all week. And then you've got Leonard Fournette, who is their de facto receiving back um, whenever Giovanni Bernard's not in the game. He averages five targets um, a game over the last five games. And... What do you know? The Washington football team actually leads the league in receiving touchdowns to the running back. So I like this. I like this game for Lenny. I think he, I think he's going to pop a couple touchdowns and I think it's going to be a solid game for him. Um, he's going to be a, a running back one and how it's, it's insane to me. <laughs> it's, he's he, going to help a lot of best ball owners for sure. Yeah. Who would have, who would have known all you got to do is leave the Jaguars and you're going to be fine. You know what you, you, uh, I got to give you some credit here because as a Ronald Jones truther, probably the biggest I know 
all off season, particularly in September, as we're doing these best ball drafts, a lot of them together. Yeah. You told me that your strategy with the Tampa Bay backfield was take whichever one falls to you. Do not be the, don't take the first one. And you usually let me take the first one. Yep. And I would always take Ronald Jones around earlier than Leonard Fournette. And you would always scoop up Leonard Fournette and say, thank you. I'll take the second one. Turns out the second one is a true RB one and Ronald Jones is cut worthy. So congratulations, Dustin on, Winning the Tampa Bay backfield <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah, I, I I send thank you cards to Leonard Fournette quite often. <laughs> and look, uh, I've actually won. Uh, it's looking like I'm going to win a good amount of money in my best ball tournament. So I like go it. me. Thank you, Leonard. Go Lenny. Um, so yeah, fire up Lenny. Washington's not going to be able to stop him. He's in a good spot. Let's move on to wide receivers. We've got another buck to talk about, Travis. Tyler Johnson. This is the third time you've heard his name tonight. Maybe that means he's going to go absolutely off this week. This is also assuming that somebody does not go, that somebody would be Chris Godwin. Tyler Johnson last week, or in week eight, with Antonio Brown out, five catches on six targets for 65 yards. If Godwin is out, he's going to get eight to 10 targets. He will turn it into 80 yards, and I think he can find the end zone. Washington is giving up the second most fantasy points to wide receivers on the year. And he's got a pretty good quarterback who's in the groove right now. Brady has shown trust in Tyler Johnson for whatever reason. In big moments, in big games, including the Super Bowl, he shows, I trust this guy to be where he needs to be. He's a pro. And Tyler Johnson does his part. He's always ready on the other end. So I picked up Tyler Johnson where I could. As soon as the news comes out, probably tomorrow afternoon, Godwin's not going to have the juice to go. I'm going to put Tyler Johnson in, um, even over a guy like Hunter Renfro. I think the upside of Tyler Johnson is going to be nice. That is, I mean, I wanted so badly to say that's too hot of a take for me because I I see that eight to 10 targets that you, you kind of put on him. I'm like, man, I'm like, there's no way. You're talking A.B. and Godwin being out. It's just he, he and see. Evans. I, and Gronk I is think, still banged up, too. I think it. I think he could. I think he could get there. Yeah. I, I'm not I, I'm not going to say, like, it's a lock, but um, I would not be shocked. But is, is, is five to six catches for 65 yards a lock? I think it could be. I think that, that's... So, it's, so that's Renfro right there. Yeah, all right. So I'm With not, the upside of eight to ten in a, in a deep shot. Yeah, all right. I lo- you know what? You made a good point. Uh, Tom Brady does trust him. I loved him coming out of out of Minnesota, way underdrafted. I like it. So Tyler Johnson's got the the talent for this. Go get it. Um, I think he Big I pick. think he's a worthy wide receiver three pickup and put it into your your lineup for this week. My you, my wide receiver pick is Donovan. Peoples Jones. This one's kind of bold for me because it's a it's a Cleveland offense who hasn't exactly um done a ton in the the passing department. And I I know Donovan Peoples Jones typically relies on big plays because he he doesn't get a bunch of targets. Um he's only seen five or more targets twice. Um however However, in the last three games that he's played, weeks five, six, and nine, he hasn't been under 70 yards. He's got three touchdowns in that span, and 
Baker Mayfield likes to throw to him. Um, going up against New England, he's fast. Who do you take away on this offense? Because I don't think Bill's going to say, "All right, we can't let Donovan People Jones beat us." Um, because you've got Jarvis Landry, you've got the the tight ends that this team also relies on. I think this has a a good feel for another Donovan Peoples Jones middling volume game where he's going to have, you know, four catches for sixty, you know, seventy yards and a touchdown. I think that's that's a pretty good bet, being as Donovan Peoples Jones is now going to be the de facto at least wide receiver two on this team. And again, with Nick Chubb being out. He's becoming a deep shot specialist. Yeah. I mean he's got the speed. I Coming out of Michigan, the dude's just explosive. He really does. He's a freak athlete. He's a very yeah. large man, and he runs faster than he should. So I like him. Yep. He's got that prototypical wide receiver one size. And against, uh, like I said, I think that J.C. Jackson's going to be more shadowed towards Jarvis Landry in this game. So I think Donovan Peoples-Jones has a nice game this week and outdoes his projection. So I'm okay um, taking a flex flyer on Donovan Peoples-Jones, especially in a week where maybe you're dealing with some injuries like and you it. need a guy to plug in. All right, we will finish the big picks with the tight ends. As we normally do. I will go, because I think the Colts are going to beat the Jags pretty good, mm-hmm. I think the Jags are going to be passing a lot, and that has meant a lot of targets for Dan Arnold. Love this man. Another chance, I think I picked him a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, and... He got close. The targets were there, but the production was not. I think that he can do right by me on the second time around. Colts have given it up to the tight end all year. They are, they've given up the six most points to tight ends in fantasy. The last two games, Dan Arnold, 12 catches, 17 targets, 128 yards. That mm. is incredible volume mm. for a tight end. Love it. That's more than Kyle Pitts who is God's second son, um, Tyler Higby, <laughs> and and the Muth himself. Um, I saw on Twitter, I think this is my favorite nickname of the year. It's not really a nickname, but what they say about uh, Freer Muth. Yeah, Friar Muth. Friar Muth. The Muth is Luth. Oh, I goodness. love it. Goodness. The Muth is Luth. <laughs> the Muth is Luth. I like that. Uh, I love it. He's good. He's good. Uh, I like him. I like Dan Arnold. Just he, You know what? There's a fun little stat that's put out there. Um, if, if you have time on Twitter, go find it about Sam Darnold's fall after Dan Arnold was traded. Um, Dan Arnold, oh, yeah, he's, he's just a safety blanket. He's just so consistent, and he's a guy that's kind of coming into his own. He's still young. I, he's an interesting prospect. Uh, not a superstar, but he pisses excellence. Yeah, that. Well, that's probably a medical <laughs> condition, and he should probably get that looked at. But Dan Arnold, man, yeah, plug him in, especially the wasteland that is the tight end position. You look for for any sort of reliability and consistency. So, so yeah, plug it in. He's your guy. Seventeen targets, hard to find. Hard to find. Uh, it's also hard to find a tight end that you don't want to play against the Philadelphia Eagles. And just so happens that my big pick of the week plays against them. It's Noah Fant. The Philadelphia Eagles are absolutely awful. They are worst in the league against the tight end. They've given up the most touchdowns. They've given up the second most yards. And 
just all around like the most receptions by a healthy amount. Um, and it's, 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 it's a field day for tight ends against the Philadelphia Eagles. And it helps when your tight end can also play the wide receiver position. I think no fans going to absolutely ball out in this game. Um, if you've got him, please, please, please put him in your, your lineup. If you've got another, if you've got a Dan Arnold, if you've got, I, I don't know what other tight end you might have, um, take them out, take them out. <laughs> Put no offense in your lineup. <laughs> Forget about it. You've done a good thing. Congratulations. Right. I like that. You know, uh, real quick on Denver, everybody was was convinced after the Von Miller trade, these guys are going to mail it in. <laughs> and then they come out and beat the heck out of the Cowboys. So I don't know. Last week was Just, freaking weird. The, the Broncos could come out and lose by 20, and nobody would be shocked at all. Yeah, I. That's it is, it's, it is shocking to me that they absolutely just – that was horrible. I don't know. Annihilated the Cowboys. I don't know if that says more about the Broncos or what it says about the Cowboys. But flush it, Cowboys. Played, yeah. Maybe it was a fluke. Um that that's gonna be it for our our big picks of the week. Let's move on to Does It Bounce? We've got some players who we think are candidates to either bounce back or not. Travis, I'll start this one off. I'm about to bounce back. Are we about to bounce? Let's bounce. I've got a big name to start off mine. I'm kind of glad that you brought him up. Um, I don't think Pat Mahomes bounces back in this game. I think, I think playing against the Raiders, I think he's not. I'll just tell you right now, all of my guys that I'm going to bring up, they are guys I do not expect to bounce back. Oh, that's the theme. All three of them, huh? All three of them. All right. Um, Patrick Mahomes, I'm not saying he's going to be bad. I'm not saying like he's. you cannot put him in your lineup. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying this is not the week he comes back to, to being your savior, Patrick Mahomes. He's going to be middling, low-end, quarterback one, quarterback two area. He. This is a Raiders defense that typically doesn't allow him to go nuclear. They don't stop him a ton, but last year he went you know over 300 and a couple touchdowns. That's okay. Like That's, that's okay. You know, he they're playing well. I expect them to do better than that this year. This is a, a team that has not adjusted to how the league has, has kind of fit them this year. So, um, as we've already mentioned, the Raiders play the Chiefs pretty tight, especially at home. I expect this to be a, a lower-scoring game, and I, I just don't think this is the week that Patrick Mahomes is going to come back and give you one of those Patrick-esque games temper expectations he's still going to be able to be in your lineup expect you know low 20s you know high teens for points for Patrick Mahomes so you're not worried then that since you're playing against him now after the trade tonight no when you traded him I was like okay you're actually ha- you're happy that I did that I'm, I am happy you he traded away like, yes Austin Eckler and he now has Patrick Mahomes this isn't Patrick Mahomes this is Pat Mahomes okay this is this is the this is the dollar store knockoff right now they haven't gotten the real thing in because they're the last store to get it all right so your three guys the the common theme is all three are not going to bounce back this week they're not bouncing back mine also have a common theme and that is that they are all-star names they are obvious bounce back guys but the reason that I have them in this segment is that I think they get right this week and they stay right for the rest of the way. Um, I want to ease your mind on these guys. So first, Dak Prescott. Okay, put me at ease, Travis. You may not be worried about these guys, but there are people that I have read criticizing these guys saying, 
that they're not themselves. They're not who we thought they were going to be. They are, and they will be. And I think at quarterback, Dak Prescott, I think coming off of his calf injury, got off to a slow, uh, slow start versus Denver, still managed 19 points, almost a 20-point day. He has 15 touchdowns in his last five games, which is really good. Um, everybody's healthy again. He gets Gallup back as a third option. The Cowboys get a shootout schedule for the next three, and I think Dak will be the overall quarterback one over the next three-week stretch. We will revisit this in three weeks. But I think after Atlanta, Kansas City, and Vegas, this next three-week total will be higher than any other quarterback in the league. I want to track that. If there is any way that any way that you can buy low on Dak Prescott coming off the bye in a bad game, now is the time. Um, wow. I think – how many quarterbacks – who would you not give up for Dak real quick? I wouldn't give up Tom Brady. I wouldn't give up um, Patrick Mahomes, maybe? I think I would prefer Dak. Oh, man. I would, I would probably – yeah, thinking about it, I'd probably prefer Dak right now. Um, Josh Allen? No, I'd keep Josh Allen. Okay, I'm with so you Brady, on that. Brady Allen. Um, That's it for I'd me. I'd probably – Mm, yeah, mm, yeah. I'd probably okay. Yeah, that that might be it. I you'd have to really argue with me over um over Kyler and that's just your Lamar heart Jackson. speaking. That's not the that the, is my min, heart the mini yeah. Yoda with one ankle. That's just your heart. Oh, that was a low blow. Mostly because <laughs> well, I don't have him anywhere. Okay, it's you're smaller. <laughs> <laughs> who else is not bouncing my, back? <laughs> uh, my second guy who is not bouncing back this week is DJ Moore. DJ Moore, the wide receiver for the Carolina Panthers. I should say the wide receiver for one PJ Walker. Um, this dude, I don't, I don't mind PJ Walker in terms of like I'm glad he's able to play quarterback, but he's the backup quarterback who could not beat out Sam Darnold, and I don't like the prospects of this offense running behind PJ PJ Walker. Um, Christian McCaffrey's back. Let's see what he can do. But I just see it as a less efficient offense. I don't see DJ Moore. At least he's not giving me any extra confidence. And the Arizona defense has actually been okay against the pass lately. So I'm I'm not in on DJ Moore right now. I I don't know necessarily know that you have like someone on your roster that you could put in that would you. I mean, probably not. I don't know who you might have. Maybe you have like a Hunter Renfro. You know, maybe you maybe you've got someone like that that you can kind of plug in. Um, I don't think I can go a Renfro or Tyler Johnson over DJ Moore. That's I tough. I think I think I could. Um, really? Yeah, because I mean, so you just said, all right. So we've got we've got another thing to compare for this weekend: DJ Moore versus Renfro and Tyler Johnson. Yeah, well, you just brought up like what five sixty five, and what. Um, whatever you have for for Hunter Renfro. I mean, the last couple games for for DJ Moore, I mean, he's had one game over 60 yards. He's had no touchdowns in the last five games. Yeah, but the, the volume and the, the target share is there. I don't see a world where Renfro or Tyler Johnson get 13 to 15 sure. targets. And I think DJ Moore can do that. And if he connects on one or breaks away on one – with the other sixty-five that he's guaranteed, he's at one thirty in a score. Right, but you're you're talking about like against an established defense. My two questions are: 
given the volume, how high quality are these targets? Are they accurate? Because he's receiving probably 13 not. targets <laughs> yeah, you know, in some not. games, but he's able to catch five of them. Whereas you can get Hunter Renfro versus a Kansas City Chiefs Swiss cheese defense who's, who can get anywhere from five to eight targets, catch eight balls, and give you – That's a good point. I mean, I, I think he's safer. I think Hunter Renfro in a PPR setting all right, we're gonna, might be – Safer. I mean, you want to you want to you want to crap all over my guy Rashad Bateman. I got I got a whole nother Hunter Renfro party right here for you. <laughs> so uh, Hunter Renfro for everybody. Oh, you like this guy? Well, Hunter Renfro's better. <laughs> so, all right, uh, we got a lot of love for Hunter Renfro yeah. on this show. Hunter Rainfro. That's what I'm talking about. I don't know Rain what that bro. even means. DJ Moore. He's not bouncing back. <laughs> all right, my second guy who it will bounce back and will continue to Deontay Johnson. He's always in the top 10 in targets per game. He is again this year, halfway through the year. Claypool going out for a little while now. I think Claypool is probably going to miss three to four weeks at a minimum. His toe issue is going to linger all year. That's right. Uh, I also saw some whispers that they were initially scared that it was season ending. So if it was season, if it was whispers of that, then it's definitely going to be significant for three to four weeks. rough. So Deontay Johnson's at least going to get 12 targets, probably in that 12 to 15 range every single week. When he walks into the stadium, he will have double-digit targets already. Yeah. So They're big Ben targets, though. They are big Ben targets, but starting this week against Detroit. Ooh, this does feel good. Deontay Johnson feast. He has double-digit targets in five of seven games. It becomes six of eight. Deontay goes wild this week. I like it. I like it. He's not going to be Deontamed this week. That's for sure. Ooh, you're on That's it right now. That's for sure. Deontay unleashed. I like it. I like it. Go feast, Deontay. Um, my my final not bounce back candidate of the week is unfortunately this one hurts my soul. Is Antonio Gibson? <laughs> Me it's too. I traded. No for shocker. It. He's facing Tampa Bay. Stellar defense. They're coming off a bye. Poor Antonio, man. I just look honestly, dude. I'm I'm starting JD McKissick over him in our in our league, uh, in our home league. Um, I I can't trust him in my lineup, especially in what's going to be a highly negative game script for them. I just I feel for the dude. I we had such high hopes. If you listen to us before the season started this year, I had. You know, we not necessarily the concrete expectations, but Everybody I, did. I took him over Najee Harris. Like I was, I was literally like debating Ooh. Antonio Najee, Antonio Ooh. Najee. And <laughs> obviously, I picked Antonio because I'm thinking, okay, you weren't the only one. Everybody, I know. Did. Everybody had that. Hindsight's always twenty twenty. Antonio Gibson. We laid out yeah. the reasons why he could have been the overall wide receiver, a running back one. Um, Antonio Gibson, though, what a disaster of a season. Um, uh, but you can't, I honestly, I would be okay taking him out of your lineup this week. Absolutely. If you've got Tampa Bay, they don't, they don't give anything up. No. If you've got another option, please, please, please plug him in. Even if it's a, if you've got, honestly, if you've got Eno Benjamin, possibly, um, I would consider that, um, you know, uh, Nate, you know, tweet at us at losing sucks on Twitter. Ask us some guys you, you might want to start over Antonio Gibson because this is going to be a hot topic. Um, the draft capital you most likely had to pay into, you need answers, and that's what we're here for. So Antonio Gibson not going to bounce back against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but that should not be a surprise. All right, I like that. Our last bounce back, Austin Eckler. 
third most targeted running back and still number 17 in rush attempts, so he's getting it a lot. Um, he is currently RB4. He's going to finish inside of the top three because Derrick Henry will start to get passed. I think he has a real shot to be the number one overall running back in fantasy. He is currently 28 yeah. points behind Jonathan Taylor, who has not had his bye week yet. So if you take, let's Ooh. just say Jonathan Taylor was on his bye week last week. He had 33 points. Austin Eckler mm-hmm. would be ahead of Jonathan Taylor, which is just crazy to think about with the love that Jonathan Taylor has been getting. Austin Eckler gets a lot of love, dude. He is just a workhorse. He's a special kind He's, of workhorse. He is, man. He really is. He is the Jose Altuve of the NFL, the mighty might that just absolutely dominates on the big stage. Are these height-based jokes? Are these just like because he's not tall? Uh, Yeah, they have very similar statures, and they both produce at a very high level. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's, that's fair. Austin Eckler just... Oh, I love watching that dude play. He's just got so such a well-rounded yeah, skill set. Like he used to be the guy that you think, oh, that's just the pass catching back for Melvin Gordon. Like that's that's who he is. But now, no, it's it. Eckler is the man. He is the whole show. Gosh, I love that man. Yeah, he's yeah, big I, I agree with you. Especially talking about earlier, putting up low points in the last few weeks. Good bounce back candidate. I like this. And you got a chance to buy him if you're willing to move a guy like Mahomes. Yeah. I have been getting so many offers for him in my other leagues. I've got him in a deep dynasty league, and I get stupid offers um, for him. But he's not going anywhere. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Pe- people think that they can go buy him. Um, you should be part of that group. Try. Yeah. Try to Do get Do your him. best. Do your best. All right. Now it's time for the everybody's favorite the end of the show segment of the show i have two would you rather <gasps> dustin Ooh, two for the price of one i feel like i'm getting the daily double all right we'll jump we'll get right to it would you rather not be able to taste or not be able to see colors um so here's an actual fun fact for you travis i am actually colorblind i am i am colorblind no you're not uh that doesn't mean you can't see any colors. I, I can see 8% of non-contrasted colors. Um, we'll get into that in a later. 8%? 8% um, so Whoa. I'm going to go with um, I can already do that. So um, I'm, I'm going to stick with that one because I don't need any half COVID-related symptoms in my life right now. I go around... <laughs> yeah, all it all it takes so you'll is keep me your full going into work and saying, "Hey, I black can't and taste white anything," world. and then I don't have a job for a couple weeks, Travis. So what? I don't know what you're trying to get at here. I didn't take that into consideration. All right, last one. This is a fun one. Have if you had to put an exclamation point or a question mark after every text message you sent? I already put too many exclamation points. People are like. Hey, what do you want from the store? Strawberries. <laughs> okay. Right, but would would you rather do that than a question mark? Everything you ask is it strawberries? <laughs> I would be so annoying. And I I'd rather go exc- exclamation point. <laughs> Either one. Um, Either one is. But yeah, I feel like people overuse right? exclamation points already. So like nobody overuses question marks. Like, hey man, how you been? My wife, Fine. she has this button. 
like this quick response. I, I think a lot of people do on their iPhone where it says, okay. And the okay, okay, <laughs> A-Y exclamation point is just already there. Yeah. And I always respond with yeah. something exclamation back at her. And she's like, shut up. Like, I didn't mean to do that one. <laughs> but right. if that one was a question mark and it was like, okay, it'd be like, whoa, easy. Okay. <laughs> or if you could just send, my favorite is to send a question mark just by itself. Oh, I love doing that. Like someone sends you like a message <laughs> and you just question mark. Like it's just implied. Like it's like a fill in the blank. Like you fill in whatever you feel like I need to say back to you. Yeah. And then that's my question. <laughs> yeah. I All like right, it. that's it's, it from with your rather week 10, episode 32. Thank you, OJ. Yeah. Oh, goodness. I <laughs> thank you for that. what? <laughs> yeah, thank you. You know, I'd rather give this to Cedric Benson. Cedric Benson, oh, this that's, one's that's for a good you, one. Buddy. Rest that's in peace, one. man. Oh, man. But that's also going to do us. That's also going to do it for <laughs> us here at Losing Sucks, episode 32. Thanks for listening. Again, I am Dustin Blanton. That's been Travis Masterson. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Losing Sucks. Please hit that follow button. And you know what? Comment. Uh, let us know what you think of the podcast. What can we do to get better? We're here for you. Most importantly, though, don't lose. It sucks. We'll catch you next time. Good luck this week, guys. Good luck this week, guys.